What's going on, everybody? This is Eli Fox, the host of the All Day Buffalo podcast. It is a Saturday. We are feeling good. And today is episode 15 of the All Day Buffalo podcast. And today we have a very, very special episode. This is my first ever guest on the All Day Buffalo podcast. His name is Mike Anderson, and he showed out for us. It was a very, very fun episode. We got to chop it up about a lot of different Bills-related topics. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. All right, what's going on, guys? This is Eli Fox. I am the host of the All Day Buffalo podcast, and we are joined today by a very special guest, the first guest of all time on the All Day Buffalo podcast, uh, Mike Anderson. How you doing, Mike? Great. I, I actually, I didn't, I, you probably mentioned, I didn't realize I was the uh, first guest ever, I guess. Yes. Get some pressure. Guest. No, you get to set the bar. So this is a good thing for you. Um, there's no uh, expectations at all, but um, yeah. So might as well get right into it. Um, Mike, tell the people about yourself. Yeah. So, well, I've uh, lived in Buffalo my whole life, almost 40 years and a uh, few different things I do. I'm, I'm uh founder of a nonprofit called Grow Buffalo Business, which is a business center to help uh, business owners. Um, I also do insurance and run a commercial mortgage brokerage company. So um, I guess quit, you know, I have a daughter, married, um, obviously, and in a, in a big Bills and sports fan. Awesome. What other, uh, what other uh, sports are you a fan of? Uh, you know, I football is definitely the biggest for sure. Um, Sabres have been a little bit rough, so <laughs> yeah, hockey uh, hasn't been the greatest. So I've taken a, a little bit of step back from hockey. Um, but really all the main ones, ho- hockey, baseball, basketball, um, probably mainly though ten- tennis a little bit. Um, aside from that, I guess I started playing pickleball recently. That's always so, fun. Interesting, yeah. Pickleball. I last time I played pickleball was I think in like middle school. It was a fun game, but I, and I did love it. But uh, sounds like fun. Um, but might as well keep it going. Um, Mike, how did you become a Bills fan? Well, it's it's you know I'm almost embarrassed to say because initially growing up in Buffalo, I wasn't a Bills fan. Um, actually, up until I was about actually up until about 20 years ago. Um, I rooted for other teams just to purposely annoy my uncles because they were overly obnoxious, (laughs) messed with me all the time. So in a way to get them back, I rooted against them. Um, And then naturally became, uh, wasn't a fan of the bills. And then was, you know, everyone around me was a bills fan, you know, and I became a huge football fan and fantasy football. And then the last 20 years have been a huge, huge bills fan. Um, for the last 20 years. So I, I at least have a good portion of my life where I have been a diehard Bills fan. Yeah. So, so it seems like you started becoming a Bills fan, like during the drought, huh? I became a Bills fan literally at the worst time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But, but finally, after 20 years, what is I mean, it was 25 years since they had last yeah, one. Maybe, AFC, maybe, uh, I, maybe I was the curse. Of maybe. The- well, it's broken now. So you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. But, um, nice. That, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I have a very different story becoming a Bills fan. I was kind of just 
almost grandfathered into it. My parents were huge Bills fans. Um, I grew up in Patriots country, so it was definitely tough being a Bills fan around like 95% Patriot fans. Um, and if they weren't Patriots fans, they were like Cowboys fans or Steelers fans. So if you're ever to see a Bills fan in like the grocery store or something, it was like the rarest of occurrences. Um, but honestly, now that I've moved to North Carolina, there's there's more of a Bills presence. Uh, there's a bunch of Bills backers bars and stuff. Um, I see Bills fans in the grocery store all around town. So I get to hear that go Bills every once in a while, which is nice, kind of uh, revalidates myself and whatnot. So yeah, it's a it's a good time to be a Bills fan though, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. We should uh, should be good for for a long a long time. What do you say? Next 10, 15 years? Yeah, I mean the next the next ten years at least. I mean, as long as we got Josh Allen. <laughs> well, and, and the coach and the the leadership and um, I mean anything can happen with injuries, but I think you know that you have to have the culture and the leadership in place for anything that occurs. So yeah, Josh Allen could be here for the next 15 to 20 years and, and we're good. Yeah. Um, and hopefully nothing, nothing happens, but, you know, having the other pieces in place is, you know, really, you know, huge and, and critical. And we have, we have that culture and leadership and, and management. Yeah. I mean, the culture that, that Bean and McDermott have set for, for Buffalo and the, and the players and, it just it just seems like it's going to be a ripple effect throughout the years and the players have bought into it and now it seems like even free agents want to be a part of it so it's definitely something that could keep going on for for years to come so it is exciting so why don't we get started we i have been doing the past two or three weeks a segment called the mafia medley um the mafia medley is three topics that i choose throughout the like it's just some hot topics going on throughout the week, um, whether it's on Twitter and the news, wherever I see it, if I'm just thinking about it, um, I might throw it in if it's good uh, conversational stuff. So the three topics I chose today are Julio Jones, because that is one of the hotter topics right now. Um, Zach Ertz, very hot as well. Um, and then the fight between John Feliciano and AJ Epinesa, which has definitely been getting some burn on Twitter lately. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on all those, but we will start at number one. Um, so Julio gets moved from Atlanta to Tennessee. Um, Atlanta got a second round pick, uh, 2022 second round pick and a fourth round pick for 2023. Um, and Tennessee obviously got Julio Jones and a sixth round pick. Um, what are your thoughts, your initial thoughts on this trade? Um, do you think the Tennessee Titans are now one of the top three teams in the AFC? Um, are they scarier than they were before? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely – I don't think it, it automatically makes them, you know, the, you know, the, the top team um, for sure because you think about it, they lost um, – yeah, what I, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but they lost the other receiver. Yeah, uh, uh, Corey second, Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis. Drawing a huge, huge blank on that. Their, yeah. third, re, their third receiver – is isn't it Humphreys nope, or something? Really, nobody. No, I don't even think they have him wow. anymore. Josh Reynolds. Yep. Um, they lost Janu Janu Smith. So Julio's top five wide receiver in the league, barring any you know, barring he lost any any steps at all. Um, so you def it's definitely an upgrade from 
where they're they were at, but they also they lost two two huge pieces. So how much when you take away those two pieces and you add him in, what is the what is the difference there? So they're still a top they were a top team last year. So they'll still they'll they'll still contend, but I don't think it jumps them up that you know that that considerably. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, their offense, you can't deny that it's scary. I mean, even with Tannehill, I mean, as Bills fans, we kind of have a a, a, conf- a, a different viewpoint on Tannehill because we got to see him in, in, in the Dolphins uniform for so long, and he, he wasn't that good with Miami. Um, and then he goes to Tennessee, and now he's, he's, he's better. Well, um, yeah, well and, and they have, I mean, they have great running. I mean, he doesn't. You know, it doesn't have to be on his shoulders. But, you know, all that being said, they they have the best wide receiver combo in the league now. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and, and, yeah, Tannehill can lean on the on the Derrick Henry run. Uh, he can then use play action extremely efficiently. Um, and then when you can play action out and have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown to throw to, I mean, there's no problems with that, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, and I, but what I think that you know the thing is is they they really don't have depth on wide receiver. So one of those guys gets hurt, they're 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 going to be they're going to be hurting. Yeah, and Julio Jones is definitely an injury risk. So, mm-hmm. I mean that that definitely might be something that can come into play in the twenty twenty one season. But uh, next thing, uh, did, did you? <laughs> my other question within this topic was, did you want Julio on the Bills? Yeah, I mean, of course, anytime you can add a star player. So essentially, you bring in Julio, you're replacing, essentially, he's taking over Emmanuel Sanders' spot. Yep. So you're, you're, Emmanuel Sanders is, I mean, perfect for our offense, but you're upgrading there. So he makes our team better. I would have loved to have him. My thought was you, you make it work if you can. And I think there was potential, but it was tough. I mean, you would have had to clear out some more cap space. You had to, you would have had to trade away somebody um, or release a couple guys. So it was definitely tough to happen. So it's not like overly upsetting that it didn't, but obviously it would have been amazing to have him. I mean, imagine, imagine really the, the that five wide receiver, those five wide receivers. Yeah. What? Or maybe you trade away one of them, and you but you still have. I mean, our wide receiver all around maybe the best in the league yeah for sure as an entire unit goes i i think so um but yeah imagine stefan diggs cole beasley yeah. julio jones gabe davis and emmanuel sanders if they weren't if they didn't have to get rid of them i mean it, it would just be unfair in my opinion yeah it would be crazy i mean and then too even if we add Ertz in there if we had Ertz in now i mean that's that's an that's an, another piece so any yeah. anytime you can make your team better you can you can't be mad at it. I wouldn't have been surprised if, if, if Bean, I mean, even took a look at it. He, he also is a, a GM that doesn't like to get rid of his picks. He loves the draft. Yeah. He, he, lo- he loves those, those mid-round picks, and he, he uses them really well. I think he used them really well this draft. Um, so I, I think the, the odds of him giving up picks for an aging wide receiver with a little bit of injury risk um, – it, they were pretty low, but I mean, who wouldn't want to see Julio Jones in a Bills uniform? If yeah, and, and and I don't even think it's the picks because I mean, second round is definitely is valuable, but it's more the it's more the money. I mean, yeah, 
Okay. That's that's the biggest issue, and especially where we're at cap wise, you can make it work, but you you definitely have to certainly finagle several different things to make it work. Oh, a hundred percent. Yep. All right. So moving on to topic number two, is Zach Ertz the potential savior to the tight end one position, or does Dawson Knox have what it takes to make a difference in his third year? Well, Ertz definitely isn't the savior because I mean, <laughs> if we if we got him he's uh we'd have him for a year or two yeah um and well he would still maybe be a top i think he'd still be a top 10 tight end when healthy he still has lost a step so he could actually be advantageous to dawson knox because he can learn from him i mean dawson knox is young he's raw um so it wouldn't be bad for Dawson Knox if, if we got him and would make us better. So it would be a great, it would be a great pickup. Um, but even if we don't get Ertz, I think just standard progression Knox is going to be better. It's just how much and how consistent he'll be. And honestly, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot on it's, yeah, it's just, it, honestly, I, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. He has, the, he has the potential, but he's just not consistent, but he was raw coming in too. Yeah, I mean, I heard earlier, I was listening to a podcast, I, I forget who it was, um, so I can't credit them, but they said that Dawson Knox hadn't caught a touchdown pass at all before he came to the NFL. Right. Like, so, I mean, talk about raw, that's about as raw as you can get. But, I mean, he's also a guy with all the intangibles that you'd want in a tight end. I mean, he's he's big, he's physical, um, he, he can make great plays. And I mean, he's obviously he, he misses out on some of the, the easier plays. He that definitely has some drops that he shouldn't make. Um, but I I'm in the camp where I think I think Dawson Knox has the potential to become so not not even a star. He's not going to become George Kittle or Travis Kelsey because those guys are just superhumans at the tight end spot. But I think that he can be a, a 500 plus yard tight end, then that's serviceable in our offense. We're not a tight end heavy um, passing offense. We don't, we pass to all of our wide receivers a lot. Um, Josh Allen likes to spread the ball to those guys. And I think, I, I think, I think also Dawson Knox can, can kind of, he can, he can succeed because of that. He's not going to be, he's not a feature. He's not supposed to be a feature. So I think that he's in the right spot. And if we can hopefully, kind of see it out, maybe see it out even half the year next year. Um, he, he can definitely take a step in my opinion. Oh yeah. I mean, and you look at, you look at college in four years, he had a total of 39 receptions, whether that's <laughs> to his own doing or just not given the opportunity or the talent passing to him. So, I mean, even if you double that in terms of targets, he's just super raw and, and, and he doesn't, he hasn't had the experience. So he's still learning quite a bit. And at the same time, at least for the next few years, our tight end is probably our, I mean, this year, our tight end is our fifth option. Yeah. So he doesn't, yeah. If you could get a Travis Kelsey or something like that, obviously that's different, but the tight end doesn't have to be, doesn't have to have a thousand yards. Um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, the, the potential is definitely there. And 
I think this, I think for a lot of Bills players, this year is a huge year to see if they, they take that jump. Yeah. Who, who else do you think uh, has a, has a high expectation for a jump this year? I think Ed Oliver, <laughs> um, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I mean, uh, Dane, or um, why am I drawing a blank? Our, our cornerback, Dane. Um, Dane. Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson. Um, trying to, AJ Espinenza. Yep. So there are a few big pieces that kind of all of them need to take a jump. I mean, especially Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds should be able to take that jump into near near superstar now that might be taking a little but they need to take like Tremaine Edmonds is he gets a lot of hate um because he's you know he's been to a pro bowl there's there's people on the both ends of the spectrum like he's super talented but he messes up a lot so Tremaine Edmonds needs to take that jump can he be that top tier linebacker and then Ad Oliver we picked him high can he be that dominant defensive tackle and for those two in particular, are extremely critical years. I agree. Uh, those two are the one of the two of the guys that I definitely would have said. I mean, I I see Ed Oliver most likely is taking a nice step forward this year um, because I don't want to put it all on Star. And I've said this in the past, like you can't put it all on Star no. to be like, okay, now that Star's back, Ed Ed Oliver is going to be just as good as he was with Star. Like it's just not. It's not really realistic to think like that uh, because there's so much more that goes into it. But Ed Oliver is definitely a guy that can't be the one tech. He can't, he can't take it all on, on his own shoulders. He's not, he's not the right size for it. If he gets double teamed, he's basically screwed. Um, And I think it's going to be, it's going to be nice for him to have someone that actually plays the one tech to be right next to him. Um, And I think he will reap some benefits from that for sure. Um, and for Tremaine Edmonds, he's been under the, probably the most fire um, all offseason. And honestly, in my I, in my eyes, I, it kind of came out of nowhere. I thought everyone loved Tremaine Edmonds. I thought like it was always a consensus that he was like the the best middle linebacker that we could have, and he was he was perfect for our job. And now it seems like people are kind of pulling away from him, and people don't think that he is the right fit. But I, and I get that he had a bad year last year. Um, and I mean, he still made the pro bowl, didn't he? Yeah. So, but I mean, you, you can't put all your stock into pro bowls because, um, pro bowls are just basically fan votes and it's not, well, it's not it actually, isn't a good portion of it coaches and players. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and there's also fan fan vote, but I mean, I feel like Bill's mafia fan votes also go <laughs> a long way just for Bill's players. I mean, obviously it didn't go long enough with Jordan Poyer and Hyde. But um, and that goes to show that the 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 coach and GM votes are and player votes are are definitely um, important too. But um, I, I expect Tremaine Edmonds to have a great season. I am just an optimist in general, so I expect everyone to have a great season. But um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how Tremaine Edmonds does. I think he'll do great. I mean, with him having Matt Milano right next to him too, that's always. Uh, a, a huge positive. He t- tends to always play better with Milano by his side because Milano is more of a coverage linebacker. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is not, so they can kind of play off of each other's weaknesses um, and, and be better next to each other, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a solid guy, stars and stars, I star is going to open it up. I think for a lot, the D line, which will then in turn for the linebackers, then in turn for the the cornerbacks, um, and then actually, I was just looking the Pro Bowl. It's uh, two thirds of it. The voting is is coaches and players. Oh, is it? Yeah. So I mean, it's significant. I mean, if it somebody is. gets in, it's not just because fans voted voted a person in. Um, but with Tremaine, I think part of it is he is inconsistent. He hasn't been able to put it all together. And part of it is too, is because his contract is up for, for discussion. So, you know, the conversation is, is is it worth paying him whatever it's going to be 14, 15, $16 million a year? Is he a top 10 or top 15 line middle linebacker top really top 10 middle linebacker yeah and i think that's the question and it's because of the consistency hasn't been there people see him over running plays missing a tackle so he is overly scrutinized um and because of his talent level i mean he's he's supremely physically gifted yeah um but at the same time he wasn't a top 10 pick he was the 16th pick um, and again, he came in raw and he came in as a 19 year old. I think he's only 22, maybe 23 now. I think he just turned 23. So, I mean, it's, he's extremely young, um, but it's another big year for him. I mean, if he doesn't take that next step, then that's, that's a, that's a sign that there might not be a lot of progression left, but I'd just be surprised if he doesn't. Yeah, and you know it, it, the whole Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds situation makes me so so grateful for the whole fifth year option thing. Yeah, because it, it, this is like the perfect situation, like the textbook situation of why the fifth year option exists. Because you you sometimes you need that extra year of evaluation, um, and this is going to be a big year for that evaluation. Yeah, it it, it is, and then and then if he doesn't make that step, you don't you don't sign him. Yeah, and and we'll we'll see what we can do from there. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to topic number three. So this one is an interesting one. Um, this one is there was a fight between John Feliciano <clears throat> and AJ Epinesa during OTAs. This was a few days ago. Um, how do you feel about players getting into fights with one another during practice? I mean, you know, every circumstance is different. So I, you know, it depends on the exact situation, what was said, what exactly was done, what was the reason, what happened afterwards. When I heard it, my first thought was no big deal because, you know, as we talked, as we talked about before, you know, the culture um, within Buffalo and the leadership is so strong that things like that aren't going to fester. And somebody like Feliciano, who is a leader, and one of the, and really one of the probably big reasons that they signed him, you know, no know, knows better. So, I mean, to me, it was like, it was literally a non-issue. I didn't even, honestly, I initially didn't even care to like, look, look into it or, or see exactly what happened because just naturally, you know, I know how things are set up within, within the team. Yeah. And I mean, I, it came to my attention because it, it got a lot of run on like national media I saw it on a lot of like uh, I saw it on I think Bleacher Report and then like 
another one of those bigger uh, Twitter sites, and they were basically kind of just highlighting it and obviously doing it to kind of try and try and maybe arise some animosity within the the Bills community and the Bill. It just it's a it's a good team, so you want that type of press if you're a, a big media source, um, and it, it's perfect for them, obviously. But when I saw it, I had no problem with it either. I mean, yeah. I I almost got excited about it because. I think, like like you said, the culture of this team, um, the way that these players kind of go to battle for each other, it's exactly exactly what would happen. I mean, it would happen in a game. John Feliciano did it in the Chiefs game, uh, backing up Josh Allen after he would get kind of cheap shotted by one of the Chiefs players. Um, and it's just it's just I, I expect it out of John Feliciano. Yeah. Um, and now I kind of like to see the fire out of AJ Epinesa, and I didn't know that he had that in him. Um, to kind of like throw the ball back at him. That's just kind of the way competitors are. Um, I, when I played sports, I was always really competitive and our teams, my teammates were really competitive and it would almost kind of bring us together um, when that type of stuff would happen. So I was kind of excited about it. Um, and I, my next question was, can this hurt team chemistry? And I don't, I don't think that it can, especially in this, in this team. Um, I think the chemistry is so tight and this is almost like, a brotherly battle, you know, brothers fight with each other. And then two seconds later they make up and everything's fine. They go, go back to work the next day. So I, I, I don't see any problems with this. Oh, I, yeah, I don't either. And so, you know, it's good, you know, sometimes it's good to see that, see that energy uh, with, with players. So, you know, if you don't have the right culture in place or it's a guy who's just really, a, you know, a, a big jerk. Um, yeah and not a leader you know it can turn into more but yeah with with the bills it's it's definitely not something i'm i'm concerned about at all yeah and, and sean mcdermott and being a running a tight ship over there i'm not worried about any uh any anger issues or anything yep. like that happening anything that's going to hurt the team because if it if it and if it did hurt the team those are two guys that would iron it out immediately you know those are straight shooters they're not going to you know, dance around the issue. They're going to get right to it and they're going to fix it. So I, I, I never have any worries when, when Bean and McDermott are handling the situations there. Yeah, absolutely. So those are all the questions I have right now, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything, anything that's on your mind, Bill's mafia wise, um, anything that you can ask me? I mean, uh, man, what can I, what can I ask you? I mean, are the Bills are the Bills winning the the Super Bowl this year? Dude, I already I already bet on it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I already I, I put twenty bucks on on the Bills to win the Super Bowl. It was plus twelve hundred odds, so twenty to win two forty. It's like I would say that's a win win. I'm not losing too much. I get to kick the money down the road, uh, and I and I really think that they could, and I think that they will. Uh, I'm like like I said earlier, I'm I'm one of the biggest optimists there are, um, and when it comes to the Bills, I'm even more of an optimist. So. I think with the, with the guys that they have, I, if the defense can step up, I, I think defenses across the league are going to get better this year with, with fans in the stadium. Yeah, I was saying last year, I think a big reason why offenses were playing so well were because of the fact that defenses didn't have the crowd to, to, to back them up too. I think that's a really, really big part of NFL football games and especially in, in places like Orchard Park and and, and Arrowhead Stadium, all these these uh, Lambeau Field, all these like historically difficult places to play because of the twelfth man. Um, I, I think our defense is going to have a boost. I think defenses across the league are going to have a boost. 
So I think defense will play better. Our offense is really, really good. I mean, if you got Josh Allen, I think he's going to take, if not take a step, he's going to plateau at where he is. And if he plateaus at the way he played in his third year, I have no problem with that. That is not a plateau in my opinion. I think that's just a guy playing at an an MVP level year in and year out. Um, So I, what were you going to say? I was going to say, well, with that, I mean, Allen took a huge jump. So with fans back and defense is getting better, I mean, do you, I mean, is Allen, I mean, is there potential for Allen to make a regression that we're not taking into an, taking into account? Yeah. And with what I said, it, it is a double-edged sword. Now, now offenses can't hear the cadences as clearly as they were in 2020. Um, and audibles aren't as easy to, to execute. So it's definitely a possibility. I think, I think that they'll work on that. And I think that, that Allen and, and Dable and all the coaches are understanding of that. So I'm sure that they'll run some drills. I, I don't know what kind of drills that you can do to simulate uh, crowd noise and, and whatnot, but I think that they'll be prepared for that. But to keep going, I'm, I mean, then you look at the rest of the offense and, and Stefan Diggs, a natural leader. I think, I, I just think that we have all this, the, 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 we have all the stones in place to, to have the right path to the Super Bowl. And if we can get over those Kansas City Chiefs, if we can beat them in the regular season, then I think that we have the best, one of the best shots in the league at um, competing for a Super Bowl. I think it's just imperative to have some confidence going into the playoffs, knowing that you can beat a team like that, or at least putting up a, a realistic fight. I mean, the two games that we played against them last season, I mean, the first game wasn't as bad as the, the, the championship game. But that AFC Championship game was pretty brutal after we had gone up 9 nothing, And it, it seemed like it was going to be a, a close game at least. And it just ended up becoming kind of a bloodbath. But I, I my my eggs are in in uh, the Bills' basket. I'm, I'm ready for a Super Bowl run. I think they can do it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, th- I definitely think they can. I mean, I would just be surprised if it doesn't happen in the next in the next four or five years. And um, – you know, I think the big thing with Allen will be because he gets su- super hyped up, <laughs> yeah. high energy, which is can be a benefit, but it's, it's also been detrimental to him. So I think that will be the big thing as the crowds come back, that he's able to temper his his energy, temper his his mindset, and and stay in the right mode and know at the right times when to let that energy come out. So that, that will be the huge part um, because yeah, I mean, he took, he took, he took a huge, huge step. So, you know, you'd want him to at least stay, stay similar. Yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't take a huge, another huge jump, I mean, from where he's, from where he was at, you can only take so much of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so much room for jumping, you know? Um, I mean, I've seen, People saying that, yeah, he's going to throw for like, I mean, I mean, now that he's got the extra game, people saying he's going to throw for like 6,000 yards. I'm like, yeah. whoa, whoa. That's like, that's, that's crazy. I think it would be amazing. I, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm an optimist, but I'm, I, I don't know if I'm like a, that's put, put, would put me like way over the edge. I don't know. I'd love to see it, but that's a lot. Yeah. And well, and I, and I do actually think Emmanuel Sanders is a better fit for our offense um he's not the speed guy like john brown but 
he gets open and he's so like all all like both Cole Beasley and Diggs, they get open. Yeah. And giving that to to it's it's just meshes well with Allen. He they have that space and based on the way he can throw, he, he can he can find some deep balls. So actually I think Sanders is a better fit. And then with Knox hopefully taking a step, or if they bring in Ertz, he -hmm. should actually have a better surrounding, you know, surrounding around him along with the line having more continuity. So the potential is is there for him to do better because he has actually more talent and continuity around him. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to prove to be kind of, I I think he's going to be a little bit, of a shock to, to, to most of Bill's mafia, how good he's going to be with this offense. I think his contested catchability, his speed, even though he's only, he's what is he? 34. He's still, he got that quick first step. He's still got uh, a distance speed. Uh, I think he's going to be a good, exciting deep threat. Um, and he'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I think he'll be really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great season. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes, it is going to be a good season. Now, now it's you know, it's funny. Now we all have our expectations super high, and you know, if we don't get to the Super Bowl, it's almost uh, a letdown, which is which is interesting because of where where we were at for twenty years. Would you say it's Super Bowl or bust this year? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say so. I mean, it would be disappointing. Yeah. Um, obviously, because we know how close we are, but I, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's a bust. No, not at all. Um, Especially I, I, with, especially with the AFC configured how it yeah. is, I think there are so many good teams in the AFC. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, obviously, I'm afraid of the Chiefs. I think the Titans are going to be really good. I think the Colts are going to be really good, and I think the Browns are going to be top three. I think it's going to be Chiefs, Bills, Browns. Um, those are that's my prediction for the top three going into the playoffs. Um, I'd love to have that one seed because I, I want to play through Orchard Park. Yeah. Um, and that, that would be a huge advantage because it just seems like every team we play plays worse in the playoffs in Orchard Park. Like the, the Ravens definitely should have played us better than they did. And they, they played like crap. And I, that also ha- has – it also – because of Lamar Jackson getting hurt, that was a big, um, a, a big part of the reason why it was only 17-3, to I think. But the 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 Ravens didn't look good at all in that game, and the no. Bills really didn't either. <laughs> and yeah. we kind of wanted a nice uh, a nice play, a, a monumental play. One thing that does worry me, and it's not, and I think I'm on the opposite end of most people, is is actually Brian Dable because well, when he's great, he's great, but up until probably the last five or six games of the season and even part of the playoff or I mean the last five or six games is really it was all game he had all throughout but throughout his career here he has rarely pulled together a full game they go up and he just loses control of what he's doing and Going back to probably middle, maybe a little passive last year, I didn't have I, – I said we will never win a Super Bowl with him, and he started to change 
that I think towards the end of last year, but even in the playoffs were, were rough. So I, I'm, I still question, even though most people say we're, our offense is as good as it is, is because of him actually concerns me and how far we can go. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that because I, I love Brian Dable. I think he's really, really good at what he does. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think that my biggest gripe with him is the fact that he'll set a game plan for one game and he will stick to that game plan, no matter if it's working or not. So like, I, I can't even pull a game um, out of my mind right now from last year, but it just seemed like if we were running the ball, we were running the ball and then we weren't going to change the, the, the game plan at all. I think it was the Patriots game. The first one that we played, we, we just ran it, ran it, ran it, and it just wasn't working. And I mean, that game finished 18 to 10. That kind of just goes to show it wasn't working. And we ended up kicking a bunch of, I mean, kicking field goals and barely scoring and winning on a and, fumble. <laughs> and so many of those games should have, they never should have come, come close. And one that comes to mind is that, is that Rams game. Yeah. That one was like, brutal. He, like they, he, the, some, he, he often doesn't make the right adjustments. And again, it did change and in, in definitely towards the end of the year, but it, that is honest. That is one thing that worries me. Hopefully it's just, he's just continuing to learn and adapt and work with this team. And that's, that's what the issue was, but that's certainly a, a concern of mine for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think Bill's mafia as a collective will be looking for a lot of, leaps in a lot of different places on this team. So it's, it's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be fun to watch, but um, yeah, that's, a, that's about all I got for us today. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah. Is there anything, anything you wanted to say? Is there um, any way you can like plug yourself, anything you want to uh, say to the fans? Yeah. Well, I mean, go bills, obviously you know, <laughs> for, the, for the season, but I mean, to plug myself, if you're a business owner, go to growbfellow.org. Um, it's a nonprofit organization to help business owners. We have eight to 12 events per month. Um, even if you're not local, we have a lot of virtual events as well um, and, and different resources. So growbfellow.org um, if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks again, man, for coming on. This was, this was a blast. It was awesome to have a guest on here. I've been, I've been doing this. I've had 14 episodes before this and I've been doing them all by myself and I've been kind of, I've been, it's, it hasn't been bad, but I mean, I, I, I've been looking for a guest. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about having a co-host just, I mean, I don't, I don't have many Bill's mafia friends like in real life that I can, (laughs) I can ask, you know, because I grew up in such a Patriots heavy, uh, area i think that'd be a quite an interesting concept for a podcast having a bills fan and a Patriots fan on one um maybe i can yeah, make that, a would, that would be interesting <laughs> yeah but um thank you for coming on um yeah it's absolutely. Been a blast. No, so, uh, thanks for having me my final words as always on every podcast is go bills so let's hear it from you yeah go bills <laughs> let's go i'll see you guys later thank you